Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and we're going to move today towards the book of Philippians and continue on with the theme, Paul's prison epistles. Here, if you have your Bibles, we'll go to Philippians chapter 2. And besides the Ephesians letter, among others, Paul also wrote the church at Philippi while he was in prison in a Roman jail cell. After opening remarks, he assures the readers here in Philippians that the cause of the Gospel is actually being advanced by his imprisonment. Isn't that a novel idea? You know, and, and what we can gain from Paul is a very simple but profound truth. That whatever is imprisoning you spiritually, whatever is binding you right now in your life, and don't look at me so religious now, because if you're like me, something is dealing with you're dealing with something. Amen. I mean, I mean, if you're not, you're you're, you're, you're dead. <laughs> but whatever it is that we kind of are having trouble with, or fighting with, or, or struggling with. God will use that in your life just like He did Paul to further His cause for you and to further His will for your life and also, obviously, the Gospel. You've heard that saying. It's common among Pentecostal preachers. You know, when the devil starts messing, God starts blessing. It's true. You know, no matter what happens to you, or what you're in or going through, God will use it to advance you and His kingdom and His cause. Paul, can you imagine being in prison for preaching the Gospel? We may get there in the world we're in now. Come on now. If you can't say amen, say oh me. Just look at what's going on in the world. I mean, my goodness. If Paul were a Christian today, living 2000, he was in the first century, we're in the 21st century, can you hear? I don't know why I got locked up here. I was just doing God the right thing. I was doing your will, and all of a sudden now I'm in jail. What's going on? What's happening to me? I don't understand. That's why I got locked up here on God's will. <laughs> Paul wasn't speaking like that, was he? He said, I'm here for the advancement of the Gospel. Don't worry about me. But Paul had a concern while he was in that prison cell. And he was uh, the the great apostle that he was, the, the heart that he had toward God's people. He was wanting to encourage the Philippians towards unity in their ranks. They must be unified and courageous in the face of hostility from outside the church. But even more though, they must work toward harmony in the face of threatened divisiveness within. The enemies to you and I today are just like they were in Paul's day. They're outside the church and they're also within through our own ranks in terms of being carnal and and allowing ourselves to be divided over issues we shouldn't divide over. But the message today, and that message is Christ the believer's example. The message and the answer that we'll see here in Philippians is 
humility on the part of everyone. Humility. To demonstrate it in relating to one another, we have the greatest example of all in Jesus. And we'll see that here in Paul's letter to the Philippians. Before we begin, let's pray. Father, I thank You, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to be here with Your saints, with Your people this morning. Father, what a beautiful day that it is. Raining though it is outside, it's sunshine in our hearts, Lord. Father, we need Your rain. We need it for growth. We need it for life. Lord, I pray that You'll speak to us today as we look at Your Word. Bring it home to our hearts. Help us, Lord, each one of us here to apply Your Word to our lives. Holy Spirit, You're the great Teacher. I ask for Your anointing. Speak through me to Your people today and plant Your Word in the good ground of our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Christ is the believer's example. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul begins there. He says, If there be... If there be... And I'm going to stop right there because the Greek actually means... Since there is. In our language today, if there be, sounds like a question, right? Paul really wasn't asking a question. He was making a statement. Since there is, therefore, any consolation in Christ. Is there consolation in Christ? Absolutely. If there is any comfort of love, is there love and comfort in Christ? Absolutely. If any fellowship of the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, absolutely there is. If any bowels and mercies, really that's a King James term, meaning tender affection and compassion. You know, if there is any. No, since there is. I mean, believe there should be compassion and mercy within the body of Christ in the church. Amen. Amen. Any fellowship of the Spirit. Amen. Any comfort of love. Consolation. Since there is that, he says, look, verse 2, fulfill my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love being of one accord of one mind. You know, we're all here in this world. We're not of it. We're in it as God's people, we should have the same heart and desire that He has. Amen? You know, God saved you, do you know this, for a reason. He saved you for a reason. He put you into His body as it pleased Him. We're members of one another. And there should be harmony. We're going to talk right now about attitudes toward one another. There should be harmony within the church. Somebody say amen. Amen. He said, let nothing be done, verse 3, through strife or vain glory. In other words, selfish ambition or empty conceit. But in all lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Is that humility? Or is that humility? What does the natural man want to do? Take control. I'm the one. Listen to me. Hear my idea. Do what? But what is God saying? All meekness and humility. Lowliness of mind. 
esteem the other better than yourself. You know, if we do that and practice that, there's no problems. Amen. All problems stem from selfishness. Come on, man. Now, this will get up and preach across the right across that parking lot there. Come on, man. Attitudes toward others. Now, it's one thing to look across the aisle and see a brother or sister in Christ and say, well, yeah, well, yeah I'll, 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 I'm going to have a good attitude. But what about even in your own home? we got believers in our own home. Some folk have a hard time getting along with one another. Why? Self. She's preaching for me now. Come on. Self. I'm going to have my way. That's my way. way. Come on. We get mad because something doesn't go the way we want it to go. We get attitudes. But what is our attitude supposed to be? Lowliness of mind. Esteem the other better than themselves. You know, if we're a part of a body... You know, when I take out a hammer and start hitting my own hand with a hammer, why? I'm so, that's self-defeating. But we'll hit a brother or sister in the head, come on, and don't realize that they're all a part of one another. I'll move off from that. Come on now. But our attitudes ought to be The attitude that Christ had. Why is Paul addressing this to the Philippian church? Because there's a need for this appeal. There's ground for the appeal. How does the enemy work to harm the church or the believer in the believer's life? He works overtime trying to cause divisiveness and dissension. And really that's the issue that's more dangerous than the outside threat. You know why I say that? Because when the church is threatened from outside, it becomes stronger. Amen. We rise to the occasion. Sort of like Amen. how many siblings we got in here? People that have do you have a sibling? Alright. Most of us do. And most of us, have we ever fought with a sibling? You don't have to raise your hand. (laughs) But let somebody else touch that sibling. And what happens? Go fight them. You're going to take us all on now. Come on. That's how the church is, really. And it says we always fussing with one another. And as we'll, long as we're doing that, we can't get God's work done that way. Why the world looks and, and sees that and says, man, I don't want no part of that. These people can't get along with each other. But when the church is, is persecuted from without, we tend to bind together. And we'll rise up together against a common threat. What Paul is telling us, why go that far? Why be that way? Don't be that way. Let our attitudes be esteeming others better than ourselves. If we do that, if we practice that, there's no room for pride. The unbeliever will see. 
as we move along, the unbeliever will see and say, I want what they have. Hallelujah. Secondly, we're to have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 says this, Let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now in other words, what he's saying is uh, he didn't think of trying to grasp a hold of the fact that he could be like God. In other words, he wasn't looking, he wasn't striving for that. We know he was God, we're talking about Jesus. But he didn't come here to live as God. He came here to live as man. Even though he was God in the form of God, he made himself look, look at verse 7 of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Have you seen the movie Superman? I haven't seen the Superman Batman. Have we seen that yet? Some say it's horrible. Others say, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the comic movies anyway. But can you imagine? There's a lot of typology there if you really take the time to look at it. You know, Superman coming down from Krypton to the planet to save the. You know, there's there's some good typology there you could apply. If, if you were out with God, we would come down and be Superman, right? Put on a cape, fly around in a cool looking suit. But even Superman didn't do that in the movie, right? He he wants to show he doesn't he wants to be like the other. He wants to restrain himself. Come on, and not fight on the level of those who he is there to save. I mean, that's that's a pretty unique concept if you really think about that. For a movie on top of that. He came, Jesus, as a man. God, the one who spoke the universe, everything you see into existence, came as a man. Not to live as God, but as a man. He, he, it's, it's almost like you know how we could, I could take my jacket off and set it aside. It's almost like he set aside his deity, the properties of the deity of God, set it aside and said, "I'm not going to live by that. I'm going to live as a man, and I will put my faith in the Father, and we'll live as a man, as God wants, and I'll be that redeeming sacrifice that that only only that, that can save mankind." And he did just that. But how did he? Can you? God walking in a place called heaven where the Bible tells us that even the streets are made of transparent gold. The gates have like solid pearl. The, the, the rainbow is like emerald around it. And, and, and all create creation in heaven worships Him. Step into this fleshly earth suit 
that show them how it's done. I, I, I can't even imagine the we we talk about humbling. Now you and I have humble ourselves. That's that's humbling. How far is heaven from earth? How glorious is heaven and how messed up this is down here. And he walked right, stepped into the midst of it. Why is low he, he lowered himself so that ultimately he would be exalted above every name that is name. But he first lowered himself. What is what's your message, preacher? Remember to, to have a Christ likeness. To have that mind of Christ. It's natural for me to promote myself and my ideas and my thoughts. It comes natural. But to, to humble myself takes crucifixion. But if we if we die to our own desires, our own then He can live His life through us. See, we can become a vessel that He can operate through to help reach others. That's the goal. That's why it's important for us to get a hold of the concepts in the the Scripture so that we can be living epistles. We can walk it out. And He can live through us. That's what is the glorious hope of the believer, but also the, 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 the function is that Christ is in you. The hope of glory. Christ can live through you. If we're, if He's the head and we're the body, and you touch someone's life, it's Christ touching someone through you. But He can only touch someone through you when you get out of the way and humble yourself. Amen? Because yeah, you know, when people see me, I often want to do, do they really see Christ? Or do they see me? Because if they see me, that's not good. But if I if I can humble myself and allow Christ to, to be manifest through me, then He's glorified ultimately. Yeah. And well, you know what? I'm satisfied. Hallelujah. I find my purpose in life. You know, when, when we're able to to allow Him to move through us, it's it's a wonderful, magnificent thing. Christ. In His church, glorified in His people, we're able to manifest Him to a lost world. But it takes humility. You know the greatest, the greatest sign of leadership in all the Bible, in all of ministry, in all of humanity that you'll ever see is when Jesus took a towel, girded it about His waist, got on His knees, and began to wash the feet of His disciples. That's what humility. The God of all men. Peter, I don't know, I don't know. I love Peter. But I'd have probably been a little bit like it. Not me, Lord. Don't, don't, don't. You know what? He knew who he was. He, he, Peter had given credit. He had. A, he knew. Hey, God, I can't have you doing that. I should be down here washing your feet. You're the. You're 
You're the Messiah. Peter said, if you don't, Jesus told him, if you don't allow me, you'll have no part in me. He said, well, not my feet, my head, my head off, everything. Lord, water, give me a bath. <laughs> For that matter. Hallelujah. But he got on his watch. That's the greatest. That's humility beyond the king himself. The creator himself. Amen. And he said, let that mind be. He made himself a servant. He humbled himself, the Bible says, verse 8, as a man, and he became obedient to death. Even the death of the cross. Now that's the part we, we choke on, man. Why did Paul put that in there? It's pretty deep, actually. We'll consider this for a moment. He humbled himself to death. He became obedient to death. Is that the ultimate act of selflessness? Now think about it. What's our message today? Christ, the believer's example. I don't know about you, I like good preaching. <laughs> I like to be up there shouting, hallelujah, glory, feeling good. You know, and you've been to one of those messages, shouting up, shouting down, man. But you know this, if you really if you really get a hold of this, this will make you shout. But it's not gonna make anybody happy. Because what really, what is he saying? And you know, I'm not gonna hear this in too many church is proclaimed uh, because of the fact that it's it's this is this is this is gospel truth. You know what God's trying to do with you? Somebody said, but you don't understand, Fred, I'm having such a difficult time. I'm, things are just not going the way I planned and I, I love the Lord, but I'm having a rough you know what God's trying to do? He's trying to kill you. He's trying to kill you. Well, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard. We've never heard that priest did any other. That's why that's not. He's trying to kill you. Because you're the problem. With him manifesting himself. In the church and outside the church. You and I are the problem. He's been trying to kill me. He's still trying to kill me. <laughs> I mean, I get, as soon as I get nailed up on there on that cross, I, I like coming back down. Hold on. <laughs> but see, really the truth of the Gospel is that if we as His people and He in us, we need to learn to live a crucified life. If we're going to accomplish His purpose in His work. If the church is going to be the impact, well, you know, we... We like to have, you know, hundreds and hundreds or thousands of people. But if it's not having the impact of crucified people, it's not doing anything. I want you to think for a moment. If the church was as powerful as it may seem to be on television and things of that nature, you think our nation would be in the condition it's in right now? No. 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 We're missing something. Right here. 
right here. Why is the church not impacting the culture? Because it's full of self. It's not full of Christ. Am I pointing at the church? I'm pointing at me. I've been a part of the church for 38 years. We need Christ in us. And the only way to do that is to humble ourselves and be obedient to death. See, what, what it boils down to is trust. Well, you don't know, I, I, I'm trying to get this promotion. I got to do this on my job. I got to do. You, you got to do. You say, no, 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 wait a minute. Get you out of the way. Do you really believe God's in control of your life? He setteth up kings, He removes them. He, he knows where He can bring you. We strive for self and we get nowhere. And then we get mad at God. We get frustrated because things don't go our way. And he's trying to kill you. <laughs> you don't lie to me in that. Don't, don't, don't laugh. I'm telling you the truth. He's trying to literally to put you on that cross so that in place of you, he can resurrect himself in you and something of good will come out of your life. See, if we just give up the struggle and trust him, our lives will go a whole lot better. You know what will go a whole lot? Your marriage will go a whole lot better. Got too many live people in the marriage. Get two dead people together. <laughs> they get along all right. You know. If I get her dead and I'm dead, well, you know, she can poke me and I can poke her and we, we you know. We've all been to funerals, you know, somebody laying out the passes right here, you know. Come come up to them. Slap him in the face. <laughs> a wig fall off. You can go up to him, call him all kind of, you dummy. I never did like you. Take out a pocket knife, stick him with it. Huh? What would they do? Nothing. Nothing. Ross said, they might rise up, slap you upside. <laughs> Why won't they do anything? Because they're dead. Because they're dead. Your wife ever get on, or your husband ever get on, on your nerve? <laughs> Why? Because you're not dead. You're still very much alive. If you did, you can't hurt, you can't insult a dead person. You can't hurt a dead person. You can't disappoint a dead person. Come on. See, if we die and allow Christ to plant His dreams, His vision in us, life's a whole lot better. Why do folk move around and, and, and their Christian experience is so? Well, you know, I don't know. This is. They're not dead. They don't have the mind of Christ. They've not humbled themselves where they're willing to say, Lord, not my will, but Your will be done. You know God has a will for you. Everybody in here, every person in this place, He has a will for your life. And His thoughts toward you, just read Jeremiah 33, are, are good thoughts. He wants to bring you to an expected end, and ultimately that's blessing. What's the church primarily do? They want to chase blessing but stay alive to themselves. Come on. No, chase 
blessing by dying to yourself and let Him bless you. Moving on. Somebody say, thank God He's born. Moving on. <laughs> Number three. Remember, we got attitudes toward others. We're to put on the mind of Christ. Thirdly, God's work in us. And that's what the ultimate goal is for Him to work in us. Philippians 2.12 Wherefore, my beloved... I love that Paul beats them up and hits them over the head and then he calls them my beloved. Hallelujah. My beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Okay, now I'm going to stop there. Oh, people are real confused now. They're like, oh my. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, I'm going to give you a, a nugget of information. If you got a little pen, you might want to write this down. This is good stuff, man. Mankind, you and I, are tripartite spirit soul and body that makes man nobody here is just a spirit nobody here is just a body nobody here is just a soul we have all three of those aspects to who we are as a person created by God work out your own salvation with fear and trembling I thought I was saved by faith in what Christ has done well, you were, and you are, if you have put your faith in Christ on the cross. That's called justification. There's nothing you can do or I can do to earn justification. There's nothing we can do to be good enough to be justified. Amen. It's a free gift. It came at a, at a very high price, the blood of God's Son. Justification. The moment you place your faith in Christ and what He did for you, and only you know, only God knows, and I don't judge anybody. You'll know this preacher doesn't judge anybody. You became a new creation in Christ, born again. How many know what I'm talking about? Being born of the Spirit. Amen. You can't get any more saved than that. Thief on the cross went to be with the Lord in paradise the moment He died. Because of what Jesus did for him. Justified him. Paul says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't sound like faith in Christ, does it? Oh, but it is. But he's not talking about justification. He's talking to people who have already been justified. You ever wondered, why in the world do I still have to deal with sin after I've been saved? Why do I have sinful desires when I'm not I'm a Christian? Why do I have to have sinful things happen when, when I'm I've trusted in Christ? I'm on my way to heaven. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Why am I dealing with sin? What part of you is dealing with sin? Flesh. But what does flesh mean? Hold on, that's, that, there's a, there's a, that's true. That's a King James term. What is flesh? He's sin. 
is, is in your soul and in your body. If you're a believer, it's no longer in your spirit because that's been, you're a new creation. You say, wait a minute. So you have justification. But now you've got to deal with what's called sanctification. Somebody say, he's laying out the big words today. Okay? <laughs> sanctification. <laughs> That's what Paul's talking about. Working out your own salvation. The salvation of your soul. Your mind, will, and emotions have to be brought under the authority of Christ, the Lordship. And that's an act, not only of God's grace, and it, believe me, it is, but it's an act of your will. Oh, you can come to faith in Christ and act like a fool. You'll stand before Him one day and give an account. Don't do that. Give a good account. That's why Pastor Jerry's here. I'm trying to get you up, showing you the right way, the right path. Look, this is the way we got to do it. You know, we justify. Praise God for that. Amen. We can't buy that. I mean, I'm as saved as I could ever get, but I'm still trying to get my old man on that cross and keep him there. That's why it says, "Work it out with fear and trembling." Why? Our our God is a consuming fire. Our God has, has called us to a higher purpose, not to, to a life of sin. He's pulled us out of that so that we can serve Him. But we can only serve Him when we get out of the way and allow Him... You see where we're headed? Come on. Justification. Sanctification. How many sanctified believers we got here today? Come on now. We're going to be sanctified. Testimonies in the old days. Ellie, you go back with me. Come on. <laughs> they used to really give them back then. What we do, we stand up and first say, Praise the Lord, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Ghost. How many have heard that? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Don't do that much now anymore. Saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. God wants us to be sanctified, set apart for Him. The only way to do that is to get on the cross. Amen. To die to self. And allow Him to live His life through us. And when we lose our life, we then find it. Remember the words of Jesus? If a man will come after me, he must what? Pick up his... If a man will save his life, he'll lose it. What life is he talking about? The soul life. But if a man will lose that, he'll find it. It's the mind of Christ. God wants to work in us. Verse 13, For it is God who works in us both to will and to do His good pleasure. God's at work in your life. What did I tell you earlier when I started them? He's trying to kill you. It's God who's actually bringing you to a place where you'll lay your life down, just like He did. He won't ask you to do something He didn't do. And He won't ask you to do something you can't do. That's right. Philippians 4.13, because what? You can do all things through Christ. Christ. Oh, come on now. 
We haven't got to chapter 4 yet. We're in chapter 2. That'll be next week. Amen. Verse 14, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. See, when we're crucified, when we are humbled, humbled ourselves, when we've allowed God to, to live and move through us, you know, we are the light of the world. The, the world will see us. They'll want to be like us. Instead of, I don't want nothing to do with those people. They're out of their mind. You know, no, they're going to be like, oh, they have something I need. That's the goal of God. And, and each of us as His people, He wants to work in us to be lights in this world. Notice he called it a crooked and perverse nation. Generation. Really, it is a generation. We're in that, 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 that time when Christ showed up until the rapture. The world is ruled by Satan. And you and I are here in his face, poking him in the eye. Amen. I say amen. Shining his lights. But if he can put a damper on us, then we won't shine very bright and people won't be drawn to God. So God wants to reach the world through His people. He wants to work in us. Because ultimately, we've already said, justification, sanctification, what's the next step? See, see, justification is your spirit. That's the part of you that's immortal. Sanctification is your soul, mind, will, and emotion. What's the next step? Regeneration. Oh, you got that at the beginning. You got regeneration already. So you got justification. You're working on sanctification. The third one's glorification. That deals with the body. See, he give you a new spirit if you're in Christ. If you're not in Christ, then you need to get in Christ. Amen. But if you are in Christ, you have a new spirit. And God dwells in that Spirit as His, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's trying to bring your mind, will, and emotions. That's that cranky party. You don't want to agree with Him and walk with Him. You want to fuss with Him and fight Him. He wants to bring that under His dominion. And then ultimately, when we're resurrected, you'll get a new body. You'll be glorified. And your salvation will then be complete. It was paid for all on the cross. It's complete in God because He sees the end from the beginning. But we're walking it out here in time and space and I've only got part of my salvation. I'm working on, like Paul said, with fear and trembling, the salvation of my soul. There's nothing I can do to be... The body's good as dead as far as I'm concerned, as far as Paul says. you know. But that's going to be raised up incorruptible. And it'll all be one total package. Spirit, soul, and body redeemed by the Lord. Amen? That's His work in us. That's what He's doing in each of us. That's exciting. That'll make an Egyptian mommy. Been dead for 4,000 years. Sit straight up and shout. Come on. God is ultimately going to bring you into glorification. Hallelujah. Living with Christ as our example means several things, okay? I'll give you three things as we close. We must devote ourselves to the unity of the body of Christ, that is church, even 
if this is the expense of our own way of doing things and our own goals, we have to give it up. And based on all that God intends for our lives and all the blessings we have in Jesus, we, church, must think of others, not just ourselves. That's the mind of Christ. Secondly, we can risk losing our highest desires for the good of the body. Nothing we can, we we have to we have to risk that. And nothing we give up can possibly match or repay all that Jesus sacrificed for us. When I told the Lord years ago, I'm going to serve you, I'm going to live for you, and I've made some decisions in my own family and home that put me in, 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 in difficult spots. But whatever I gave up for Him, one day He'll repay. Hallelujah. And I know He will for you as well. He's our example. As we see what He set aside, I set aside nothing like He did to be that example. He set aside His own divine glory to become a human just for us. And thirdly, by sharing Christ to others, we enjoy the blessing of His love and we see His presence shine through us. And that presence and that very act of His love in us can change the very world we're in. And that's what His goal is ultimately. Nothing surpasses the challenges and excitement of living faithfully in the midst of the world's darkness and their unfaithfulness. Jesus promises us, church, an abundant life. And with Him as our Lord and Savior, the One who knows our desires and our weaknesses, we can truly enjoy the abundant living. He is our example. Let's stand this With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.